Hi, I'm Dina Farrell, and this is the Prioritize Focus podcast. This is where you'll get encouragement, whether you are a time management flunky, a serial goal getter, or distracted by SOS, that's shiny object syndrome. This is for the entrepreneurial woman who may have forgotten what a valued, amazing lady she is. Val, that's you. This is your reminder that the world needs that God-given dream that you've been harboring in your heart. And it's time to make it a reality while living and dealing with your actual reality. If you're ready, let's get started. I see you struggling with trying to move from being a perpetual goal setter to a consistent goal getter. Val, remember that's you, valued amazing lady. I've also heard that your recent goal getting has been, mm, let's say a little less than stellar lately. I get it. I totally get it. Which is why I put together today's episode of three ways to improve your goal getting and that it may just be the help that you need right now. Now, have you ever heard of a goal-getting evangelist? Mm, me either. But I've come to realize over the years, that's me. You see, several years ago, I discovered a way to improve not just how to set better goals, but actually consistently get them. See, that's the difference. Setting and getting. Well, that little method turned into me creating an unexpected way that came out of just two words, prioritized focus. Prioritized focus. I know, sounds so crazy, right? But prioritized focus is actually a methodology that has you working on the right things at the right time and for the right reasons. It's about learning your best way to plan, strategize, and execute without the burnout, frustration, doubt, or fear that usually accompanies going after big, scary goals. Why am I telling you this? And what does it have to do with today's episode? It has everything to do with today's episode. And if this is your first time listening, or maybe you uh, don't miss an episode, I just felt like it was important to remind you and me back to prioritize focus, what started it all and what it all comes back to. So now that we've got that established, you might be thinking, okay, got it. Prioritize your focus. Mm. Sounds simple, but it's often not easy to navigate, especially in the midst of others' plans, demands, and expectations of you. If it were that easy, you wouldn't be listening to a podcast about the three ways to improve your not-so-achievy goal-getting right now, right? And I wouldn't be the goal-getting guide or evangelist for other women entrepreneurs who are on their journey. So all that to get to today's episode. Three ways to improve your goal-getting skills, habits, and practices. So let's just jump right in. Improvement number one that needs to happen, and it is number one for a reason, because if you don't get this one right, 
don't even bother with the other ones. Um, you'll struggle. So number one is identify and then integrate your core values in all that you do. You see, understanding the importance of your core values is crucial to the progress of your goal getting. But before you can understand their importance, you first have to identify what they are. See, the core values that we're talking about here are the ones that are uniquely important to you. Yes, we can have similar and some even the same when it comes to things that we value. Things like family, things like our faith, our health, our purpose, our passions, and you know, the list can go on. But here, you need to look to identify the ones that mean something to you at your very core. Can you tell I'm really uh, adamant about this and, and drilling it down? Let me give you some definitions that may help. All right, core values are the personal qualities and traits that represent what fundamentally drives you, your deep beliefs, and most of all, represent your highest priorities. In other words, core values are how you define your boundaries and guide your expectations. Now, once you know these and own them, not just know them, I mean own them, you like breathe them and live them. And um, even when you get lost a little bit, this is what's going to draw you back in. So once you know and own your personal core values, you now have identified what it's going to take to move you in the direction that you want to go. Seriously, it's that important. And um, I could sit here and belabor this for a really long time and get into it. But if you go to um, the website and just poke around in there, you're going to see a lot about core values. It's the very first um, uh, freebie or opt-in, if you will, on my page. It, there's uh, the three essentials that every woman in business needs in her life and number one, I mean, spoiler alert, if you download that, um, that guide, the very first thing is an exercise to walk you through your core values. It is important. Um, right now, I don't know if you can tell or hear any of the background noise, but I am sitting outside uh, by my pool in the backyard and you might be able to hear kind of like water sounds in the background. That's my husband's waterfall in his uh, koi pond. But for me, aside from those deep core values, one of them is actually, I, I like to say that there are subcategories. So you have like your, your three main core values, and then there might be some like sub core values. And for me, it's um, outside, outdoors and water. I don't know what it is about me and ne needing to be around or see or hear water. Um, and I used to think that it wasn't a big deal, but it really is. I work better when I can even look out the window and see water or, you know, living near the ocean. Even though I don't go to the beach very often, 
um, just in daily activities and errands and things that I run, you know, driving over the little bridges, you know, the back bays and waterways and things like that is just, I don't know, water is important to me. Anyway, sorry about that little rabbit trail. However, core values, very important. And I cannot stress it enough because if you ignore this part of the improvement process or giving it little importance, not only will it hijack your other efforts, but it's just going to slow your progress. So the sooner you take the time to hone in, um, I'd be more than happy to help you with this. Just let me know. I have resources. Um, yeah, core values, improvement, number one, improvement, number two, plan according to your actual reality. What does that even mean? It means that for most of us, we spend too much time being too idealistic in planning out our goals instead of, um, you know, being realistic. So not being realistic when you're planning out your goals is most likely another reason your goal getting has been a little mm, meh. Listen, we know goal setting is easy. We can do it all day long. It's fun. And dare I say it's even dreamy. Why? Because we're so good at imagining what we want to do, but we often fail to factor in what we can actually do. Sure, we can do anything, but not everything, and especially at the same time. And if you look at our lives on a daily basis, a lot of times that's what we're doing. We wear the badge of multitasking, but very few of us do what's called monotasking. Like literally, this is where prioritized focus comes in. It's that monotask. It is that full focus on one thing at a time. Sure, we can do that for, you know, a few minutes at a time, but many of us have lost the skill and the art of doing it on a consistent basis. Now, here are some common mistakes that you'll see when it comes to, um, you know, being too idealistic and not realistic when it comes to planning your goals. And see if any of this sounds familiar or you can picture yourself in uh, similar mindsets. And you typically will either make the goal itself too vague or take too little or no consideration of your actual reality. You know, the responsibilities that you already have, the other people in your life that you are committed to work with, take care of, or responsible for, which by the way, they also have dreams, plans, and an agenda. Oh, and let's not forget expectations, both the limiting ones that you put on yourself and others, plus the overreaching ones that you somehow miraculously think that you'll gain the instant skill, knowledge, or experience that you need in order to achieve, quote unquote, this goal. Shoo, you're probably thinking, Dina, slow down. I put some examples together for you to kind of um, help you in this idea of, you know, don't be too idealistic, be realistic when your goals. So 
Here's an example. Does it make sense to start your, let's say, vegan, gluten, dairy-free, you know, whatever it is, diet plan the week of Thanksgiving? Especially knowing that you're about as strong as a Muppet's muscle when it comes to Aunt Bernice's amazing cooking. Not to mention, your willpower is that of a preschooler told, don't eat these M&Ms while I'm out of the room, right? Girl, you are either going to have to pack your own food and, you know, wear that victim mentality while everyone else is eating this, you know, delicious, savory food and you just decided this week that, you know, you're going to cut out gluten, dairy, and all the things ahead. Or you're going to have to choose your menu options ahead of time. Take some baby steps. Know that this is a goal that you want, but you want to be realistic. So maybe instead of the buttered biscuits, you know, and the mashed potatoes, you're going to go heavier on the vegetables and the meat, you know, um, and maybe have an accountability partner. Or you make this plan and you start implementing it next week. You have to know what's more realistic for you. But for most of us, and listen, myself included, you know, we make this decision that of this big giant goal and, you know, we want immediate satisfaction, but we don't realize that by not being realistic, we're setting ourselves up for disappointment. Here's another one. Is it realistic to make a goal to start going to the gym five days a week, knowing that you haven't gone once in the last two years? Again, sure, we convince ourselves, but this is different. I mean it this time. I have to make a change. But how realistic is that? What does your own history of discipline show you? Maybe it would be more realistic to take some baby steps here. I recently heard a great story of um, a man who knew that he wasn't disciplined enough to go to the gym like he wanted. And he wanted to go every day. So he decided to break this ultimately ultimate goal of going to the gym every day into smaller steps. Step one included just getting himself there consist- consistently. So what did he do? Every day for two weeks, he just drove to the gym. When I first heard this, I thought, that's kind of crazy. But at the same time, he was being realistic. So two weeks later, he added step two, which was get out of the car, walk up to the door, open it, and go into the lobby. Now, he did that for another two weeks. So the first two weeks, just drive there. Get in the car, get dressed every day, and just drive there. Step two, get out of the car, walk to the door, open it, and go into the lobby. So a whole month. So by the second month, he was already used to the drive and the habit of going to the gym. Now he was ready for that next step and the ultimate goal, actually working out. I love that example and I love that story. And, you know, think of how can you incorporate something like that in your own goal setting and getting. Set the big goal, absolutely, 
But let's be realistic and break it down into some babier steps. I don't know why that just popped into my mind. It's not really a word, but we're going to go with it. Break it down into babier steps. So um, you really want to define your actual reality so that you can plan accordingly without the risk of the guilt trip, whether that is imposed on you or self-inflicted. All right, so that's way to improve your goal-getting step or improvement number two. Number three is raise your standards, not the timeline. We all know the go-to formula for our goals. Set SMART goals, you know, S-M-A-R-T. And as common and helpful as that may be to beginners, there's a better way. And one of those better ways is to have dumb goals, D-U-M-B. But you can read about that later, and I wrote a blog post about that, and I will put the um, link in the show notes. But we're going to move on. The best way, in my opinion, is to raise your standards. You see, when the going gets tough in the you know pursuit of achieving our goals, we're quick to want to extend the deadline. And at first, this sounds harmless, helpful, actually. But in reality, it's counterproductive to your progress. Now, listen, there are times where you're just going to have to extend the deadline. And I will give myself as an example. I had even publicly announced that I was going to have, you know, my book ready to launch by Easter. You know, it is now um, July. And I still basically have a manuscript that hasn't even been sent to the editor yet. So sometimes it makes sense to push off and delay the deadline, especially when you know that, you know, you are in way over your head. And part of that pushing back the deadline was because I wasn't realistic about my goal setting and I didn't take this advice by raising my standards. So extending the timeline often sets you up for disappointing you, which I'm not going to lie. I, you know, was embarrassed by extending that timeline or seeing that original timeline come and go. And Make no mistake, I hustled and I tried to meet that deadline. But at the end of the day, I knew it wasn't the quality of work that I wanted to put out there. Could I put it, put the book out right now as it is? Sure. Is it better than some of the things that are out there? Sure. Is it as good as I can possibly be and do? No. Am I going to hold on to it in a state of perpetual perfection? No. I know that there's always going to be ways and things that I can improve. But um, at the same time, I want to put my best quality out there based on my abilities and my knowledge now. And right now the book is not there. Working on it, but it's not. So that little disclaimer. But in the general realm of things, we can't just go extending the timeline every time we um, are unrealistic in our goal setting. Because at the end of the day, it has you breaking a promise or a commitment that you made to yourself. And that never feels good. 
So by raising your standards, you become more selective, more intentional, and definitely closer to the person you need to become in order to handle the goal that you're going after in the first place. And that, my friends, is really what, what it's all <coughs> about at the end of the day. <coughs> so sorry. While sitting outside is beautiful and wonderful, <coughs> sometimes you swallow a gnat. <coughs> Whew. All right, back to raising our standards. So when it comes to raising your standards, I want you to ask yourself, what are the standards in your current habits, associations, or thinking that need to be raised in order for you to keep your promise to you? That's the key. I know that I covered a lot and I hope that you will reference this again as many times as you need to, but in case you're already saying, hmm, I have to remember this, let me give you the post-it note version and the three ways to improve your goal getting. Number one, identify your core values. These are what drive your priorities and become the filter in which you sift all of your decisions. Number two, clarify your actual reality, not your dreamy imagined one. Keep existing commitments, responsibilities, and expectations in mind so that you implement your strategy accordingly. This doesn't mean letting yourself off the hook and making everything easy. It means still challenging and stretching, but reasonably, realistically. And three, elevate your standards, not the goal or its timeline. Raising your standards helps you lower what you'll tolerate in order to achieve your goal. Raising the timeline only has you lowering your standards and ultimately breaking promises to yourself. Who do you want to be looking at in the mirror at the end of your goal's pursuit? You want to be looking at the one who rose to the occasion, right? Ugh, Val, there's so much more that we could cover and say about improving your goal getting, but the best way to learn is to do. And my hope is that it, this is enough to inspire you to implement so that you discover your own best practices as you make progress from goal setter to consistent goal getter. And listen, Val, you valued amazing lady, I'm cheering you on in your improvement as I make mine. Thanks so much for joining me on today's episode. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to share it out, by all means, do that on your social media platforms if you'd like. We can stay connected at dinafarrell.com and where you can see the latest updates, blog posts, subscribe to my e-newsletter, or just kind of see what I'm up to. I'd love to connect with you outside of this podcast. Again, thanks for joining me. And if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button and I will see you on the next episode.